Calling all leaders. This is Rob Holman, and I'm sure you would agree with me, whether it's personal experience or secondhand experience, there is a glaring well-being problem in our world and in our workplaces. Matter of fact, I came across a Deloitte survey recently that revealed that almost 70% of executives are considering leaving their jobs for workplaces that care more for their well-being. Part of the same study also said that 57% of employees outside of management roles want to quit for similar reasons. Okay, there is clearly a problem here, lack of well-being in the workplace. And I love how Tiki David, a Psychology Today blog writer, defines well-being. It's the experience of health, happiness, and prosperity. It actually includes having good mental health, high life satisfaction, a sense of meaning or purpose, and the ability to manage stress. In Steps, my inside out leadership philosophy and principles, it's all about helping provide the tools, setting you up for greater success, of embracing your unique identity, living and leading out of a place of purpose and passion to where you remain vibrant and sustainable for the long haul. So you as an end result can better serve people within your sphere of influence. I have a couple great resources for you to seriously consider. Take my free five minute well-being assessment to get a finger on the pulse of how you're doing in this moment and in this time. To find out more information on that, please go to www.robholman.com forward slash checkup. In addition to that, check out my books. I have three of them. The first is Lead the Way, more to deal with personal leadership. The second, All In, how you can build and foster trust from the inside out. And lastly, and most recent book, Move the Needle, which is how you can have greater organizational influence from the inside out. All three books can be found on Amazon. Hopefully, these resources greatly encourage and inspire you on your inside out leadership journey. I have a very special guest with me this month. It's none other than Sejal Thakar. Sejal is on a mission to educate and empower people to create a world where everyone is treated with dignity and respect. Sejal is a former employment law attorney, a two-time TEDx speaker, and the founder and chief civility officer at Train Extra a woman minority-owned training consulting firm where she helps leaders create positive, safe, and respectful workplaces through customized training and coaching. She's also the chief culture officer of Nobody Studios, a venture capital firm that aims to create a 100 compelling companies, guiding them from ideation to full-scale company validation. She is responsible for cultivating a people-first culture at Nobody Studios. As impressive as Sejal's backdrop of experience is, what's even more impressive is who she is. During my conversation with Sejal, I'm going to ask her things like, what does she want her legacy to be? Who's greatly influenced her? And then I'm going to get into a bit of her most recent TEDx talk, go from longing to belonging. Hold on tight. Enjoy my conversation with Sejal. Welcome to the show, Sejal. Thank you, Rob. So excited to be here. You know how long I've been looking forward to having this conversation. I want you to take a guess. Since we talked? There you go. I mean, you're good. You're so good. No, because I think, and I think everyone's going to appreciate this. The moment you and I met and we talked virtually, 
there was some obvious connection there, you know, alignment of values, perhaps a bit of personality, you know, the alignment of personality and temperament, et cetera. But one of the things I've enjoyed about you and the interactions we've had since we first met, as much as your experience, like you have tremendous experience in so many different areas, but it's your love for people that it didn't take long to really jump out to me because of the questions you asked me, you wanting to get to know me. And so I want to just say thank you publicly for the attention to detail, your encouragement, your support without even fully knowing me, just based more on who you are as opposed to what you do. And uh, I just don't run across too many people that are like that. Now, I'm finding myself, the more I'm hanging out with like-minded, like-hearted people, at least to some degree, I'm finding more and more of those individuals. But I just, you know, you're a rare gem that way. You're a gift. And I really, really appreciate it. And so I wanted to say thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you, Rob. No, I felt the same exact way when we got off. I mean, the energy between us that was both, you know, received and given, um, it was just powerful. I mean, I, I just remember that conversation like it was yesterday and yeah. I was like, wow, talk about stories and just, you know, you opened up to me so quickly in that conversation. I remember it was like not even five minutes into us talking. It was more like two minutes and you started telling me about your incredible story. And I was like, I am a huge fan of Rob Holman and um, <laughs> you're basically stuck with me now. So. <laughs> I'm sticking with Sage. <laughs> yes. Hey, speaking of story, I figured a, a wonderful way to kind of start off our time with uh, letting people get to know who you are a little bit. So what would be maybe a story anywhere along your journey that would give us a little bit more insight and have us experience who Sejal truly is? Yeah. So, you know, I, I would say the story that comes to mind is really when my son was born, you know, which was 10 years ago. I really feel like that was the moment where I found my anchor. And it was, I literally feel like that's when my life truly started. And, and when I say that, I mean, where my identity of who I truly am, really, I started focusing more on that. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that because that that's really what led me to doing this second TEDx talk. And, 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 and the minute I saw him, Rob, I just felt something inside of me, like come alive. And um, it changed, it, it changed, let's say the trajectory of my life, because at that point I was an attorney, I was, you know, working as a defense attorney at a law firm making six figures, you know, and I was doing, it was in, I was in an area of law that I enjoyed doing, mm. but I knew it wasn't the right fit for what I wanted to do. And the minute I saw him, I said, I want to, I want to be at home with him. And yes. so I left that job and said, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? How am I going to be at home and still earn enough money to pay the bills? And that's where, you know, sort of this, I would say the second chapter of my life started. So that's a great place for us to start with. Well, I can say, I can so appreciate that. I remember uh, my firstborn, he's 14 now. And I can remember like yesterday of, there was a moment, Sejal, where my wife was not in the, in, in the room. It was just my son and I. And he was all swaddled up and everything. And I remember looking at him and I said to myself, maybe thank goodness there's no one in the room. You know, I probably said it out loud, who knows, but I know I at least said it to myself <laughs> quietly. And I was like, that's my boy. 
And so not only do I appreciate what you just shared there, it hits a very deep place in my heart. And so whether people are listening and they are parents or they um, they have nieces or nephews or family members, even close friends of little ones, I think we can all appreciate that. Uh, kids and, and young ones hit a very deep place in our heart because of there's so many reasons why, mm-hmm. but I think in in part because of the innocence, yes. because of the purity that child uh, the children do bring. And man, is there something that we can really learn uh, as we look upon and we engage with children in our life? Uh, perhaps it's about igniting the child in each one of us That's all it. over again. You know? That's exactly that's exactly it, and you get it because as, and I listened to you talking about it. It brings me right back to that moment. It was that exact thought went through my head was that this is my opportunity to do this differently, to yeah. protect him, to serve him, to ensure that he doesn't have to go through the painful sort of experiences that I went through, and 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 that just became my anchor, you know. And and it's not. It is about having a child, you know, um, because he he came early. So he was six weeks early and he was only four pounds. So that had a lot to do with it because I'm looking at this little thing that looks like a frog, right? Like it looked like he was like this big. I'm like, oh, you know, um, and you're like, I have to protect this human being. Like this is my my job. And as a mother, you know, it just like I said, like a a switch got flipped inside of me. It was like instantaneously. And, you know, most people be like, oh, my God, you're quitting the six figure salary. Like what? You worked your whole life to get here. And I didn't even think about that. It didn't even matter to me. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. But this is my priority. And it has been since that moment. Like I made all my career choices, my life decisions. That is my non-negotiable. And that has to go through that filter. If it's going to take me away from him. You know, because when I got when he got a little bit older, so I did a lot of like side hustle and trying to get little jobs here and there. But when he got a little bit older, I was like, I, I got to get a steady income, you know. And so I went back to work full time for a couple of years and I was miserable, Rob. I, I was miserable because I was missing out on key moments in his life. I wanted to spend more time with him. And and I started going back into working around the clock again. And I said, I'm just not doing that. And so I, I did it for two years and then had that moment of. I, I am going to miss out on this human being's life. And that is my priority. And so I, I that's when I started my own company, Train Extra, and really focused in on, on what I'm doing right now. Mm. Now, you've had so many influential people in your life and in your life's journey, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, you'd mentioned your son, the impact, the influence he's had on you ever since he was born. Yes. Who else would you say has been one of the, the greatest influential uh, people in your life that's really helped, whether it be encourage you, see seeds of greatness in you that you couldn't see in yourself. Does anyone come to mind? Yeah, it would have to be my father, you know, mm. and um, because, you know, when I was growing up with sort of, you know, dealing, I, I was, you know, I was subjected to discrimination and harassment at a very young age growing up. So there were a lot of support and resources that I could have turned to for how do I deal with this when I'm going through the pain that I'm feeling, right? There wasn't really anybody there. And then sort of the identity, sort of living between the Indian and American culture, which is what I talk about in the second TEDx talk, there was really, again, nobody there to support me. But he was there, you know, and he he's, he, he was able to sort of help me see things from different perspectives because 
because of what I was going through as a child, I found myself angry a lot. You know, I, I felt like I had a lot of rage inside of me because I didn't know what to do with what I was going through. And so he saw that. And so he was the person that would, we would have like these deep conversations, you know, and he would say things that I, at the time I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. are you defending these kids? Are you taking these people's sides? They're hurting your daughter. Don't you see it? You know? And, and so I, I, you know, but when, when I would hear him talk about it and later on, when I would think about what he was saying, it made sense. So like one of the things he would say to me is that when people are hurting inside, when they themselves are hurting, they tend to hurt other people around them. So when I would come home crying from school after being bullied, he would say, you know, those people are suffering too, you know, just mm -hmm. like you're suffering, you know? And, mm -hmm. and, and again, it's, it's those kinds of things that got ingrained in who I am today. And, and really sort of helped me see a different perspective. You know, he had he had the ability to be empathetic towards people in, in this this other realm. Like, I don't even think I have that level of empathy that my father did. And he was able to feel other people's pain, you know, to the point of where he'd be like giving money to people and he'd be, he'd always be sharing these stories with me. And maybe it didn't, maybe it didn't make sense to me when I was growing up. But as I got older, I was able to see the value and, and gain his wisdom from that. Where did your dad get that? You know, was he just kind of born with that? Was he influenced by his family, yeah. you know, environment? Like, what would you say? Great question. No, I think he was born like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think we're all born like that. Honestly, Rob, I, I like do. that. Yeah. I really do. Um, and, and and I mean, I look at myself, you know, and, and, and other people that are empathetic. I think we're all born like that. Mm -hmm. But then our lived experiences, what we're subjected to, the pain we go through, you know, our families, our environments, they shape us and they yeah. slowly chip away at <laughs> that, you know, and, and it goes back to doing the work of getting back to your true self. And that really is really what I was hoping to accomplish with the second TEDx talk. I really appreciate that. that journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So what do you really want your legacy to be? Like, what is at the end of the day? This is as as many listeners throughout the world know that this uh, season three of Inside Out Leadership is all about legacy. And we're listening to you. We're listening to who you are and what makes you come alive. And what. so for you, you know, what is it that you really hope for? What do you want your legacy to be? Yeah. I mean, the most important thing for me is that my son, you know, it just remembers me as a person who was kind, who was respectful, who was able to inspire other people. You know, that's really what gets me up out of bed is how can I serve, you know, and, and mm -hmm. really being able to help somebody go through a tough situation is the most important thing to me, you know, because I, I longed for that. I wish I had I wish I would have had somebody helping me during those painful times. And there were people, there were, there were people along the way. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been those people, but that's what I want to be remembered for. It's not about what I own or how much money I made. I never cared about any of those things. You know, to me, it's, it's, she made a difference, a positive yeah. difference in this world. And this talk, this talk really is it for me. I, I, I was saying this to somebody like, are you going to do any more? I'm like, nope, I have no desire to do any more TEDx talks. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I, 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 this is standing there on that stage in front of my son in the audience. I have, this is my legacy talk. And that's, I'm happy with that. That's all I needed. Well, that's amazing. And that's where I want to double down a little bit on the TEDx talk. I mean, most people are like, 
You've spoken once in a TEDx, like speaking, you know, when they hear someone speaking, they're like one time, let alone two times. Mm -hmm. And so you were back at it on the stage with the topic called, uh, which I love this, by the way, go from longing to belonging. So what was it? Why did you feel such a need to get back on the stage? Obviously, you have a clear message on your heart. Was it to build off of your first message? Was it this burning desire? You're like, you know what? I've got a message that the world needs to share. I've got to share it. You know what? No, it, I actually had no intention no <laughs> desire to do a second talk. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. I, yeah. I really didn't. Um, they invited me. So there was, I guess there were um, a couple people that were organizing it were connected with me on LinkedIn and they, it was in the Bay area. I live in San Francisco Bay area and it was near my home. And so they had been following me and they reached out to me and asked me if I would want to participate in their first TEDx event. And so mm. until that point, I didn't, I was good with the first one. I'm like, okay, you know, but um, so when that happened, I started thinking about, yes, I did want to build off my first talk. Um, but that's really where I started thinking about what is, what is a message I want to send? And I wanted to do something that built off the first one, but shed a different part of my experience. And it was a no brain. I mean, as soon as I started thinking about it within like 24 hours, I was like, I, I want to talk about this duality that I, I dealt with of being, you know, born into a traditional Indian family being raised as inside the home as you know we're eating indian food we're you know we're wearing indian clothes it's the indian traditional religion everything you know and then stepping outside of your home and being in the american culture and now you're expected to fill and fit into that it's like night and day difference right and and so that duality was a defining experience for me in my childhood so that's where i started thinking okay this is what i want to talk about but then like, you know, this is everything happens for a reason, because that same exact week, I pick up my son from school hmm. and I'm still thinking about, OK, the story I want to tell. And and I pick him up and, and, and you know, I, I could see something was off. And he told me this story about how he felt excluded by one of his friends. He felt left out and it just came together within a week of being invited. I was like, I want to combine our two stories of what I've gone through and I want to I want to show you know, just how he handled it. And it, when it, when someone is supported, when someone feels like they belong, how they respond to situations versus someone like me who wasn't. And so I wanted to show both sides of and give people some practical ways of how we how we harness our power of exclusion and go from longing to belonging. And practical ways you did. I real quick point. I mean, to have your son present at that too. I can only imagine as a as a parent, as a mom. Like, I mean, there there he is. Was he just right in the front rows looking at mom and just? He was I mean, right there. Oh yeah. I mean, I practiced over and over again with him, obviously, and yeah. um, you know, but but just having him sit there and and watch me do this because he was there when I was doing the first one but I did that one on video right so he saw yeah. me go through that but it's a whole different experience oh. when you're on stage and you're looking out there and, and you're looking at the person you're like this is for you buddy this uh -huh. is all for you you know I, I mean I would would I would I want millions of people to watch my TEDx talk of course because I think the message is important but I trust the universe that it's going to reach whoever needs to hear it but to okay. me that person in the room is yeah uh, that was it, you know, and I, 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 I wrote it in a way that would make sense to him mm -hmm. first and foremost, but also 
you know, building all those strategies so that it can be applied to a lot of different situations. Because obviously, as you know, we everybody feels left out or like they don't belong. We all it's it's something that we all go through. So I wanted to just speak to everybody. I wanted to be inclusive of everybody, mm-hmm. right? So that they can apply this framework and not have to go as long as I did, who you know, just suffering in silence, basically. Yeah. Right. So well, I love the framework, the acronym power that you use and the framework in that because it really helps guide people. And it's it's simple but powerful. I mean, some of the most, you know, powerful things in the world are simple because and so how you lay it out, and I just want to do it for our listeners for a moment. The P really stands for address your pain. The O and the W be open and willing. Uh, then we have renew your energy, the E in that, renew your energy. Yeah. And then the R, celebrate the real you. Yes. So question I have for you relating to pain. Doesn't take long. Uh, we don't have to go very far to find out there's a whole lot of people in this world and in our world that are filled with a lot of pain. Yes. Even people that are covering it up, it tends to seep out and we know they're in pain. Okay. Yes. So like, do you feel that in today's day and age, you know, here we are now coming out of COVID and everything we've endured with the pandemic for the last three years. And some people are like, I can finally breathe again, you know, mm-hmm. but do you feel like people admitting, acknowledging their pain is becoming easier and easier? Mm. or not so much the case where do you land there you know i don't know i, I don't know if it's easier um because i don't i don't think it's ever easy to acknowledge your pain i mean you know i mean if you're supported and you're loved and you feel like you belong hopefully you start doing that earlier in life that you're communicative you're you're open to having those conversations with people that can support you so that you can work through that pain and know that you don't have to keep it all bottled up inside like i did growing up but it's never easy, you know, it's 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 always hard and everybody's on their different journey. What I will say about your question though, is that I do feel that more people are becoming more vulnerable and mm-hmm. realizing that that they, they, they can find spaces where they can be vulnerable. Like they don't have to keep it inside. And, and, you know, like when the pandemic happened, that's really where I started doing so much more. So like my journey started when he was born, but you know, I was, I was a mother, I was, you know, I was running my businesses and and you really need to be present and make time to get to that level of vulnerability, which is something we just don't have. And COVID forced us all to get there, right? So to we, now we were at home, Mm -hmm. we were with the people that we lived with, our families, our significant others. It sort of forced you to go inward, to take a look at like, what am I doing? What, why am I doing this job that I'm miserable with? Why am I living with this person? You know, it forced us to reevaluate our experience and to decide, to make decisions. Do I want to continue doing this or do I want to take my power back and do something differently? And that's what forced a lot, I think more people mm-hmm. to do that sort of self-reflection, to do that sort of pivot, to mm-hmm. say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to put up with a toxic work environment. I'm not going to stay in a marriage that I'm miserable and lonely in, right? It, it forced people to make these decisions that before it was sort of like, I'm just going to survive. I'm just going to get through life. And it just changed that for a lot of people. It made us realize, wow, everything can change in a minute, in a day sure for can. a lot of us. Yeah, so true. And you know this. You know this way better than I do. <laughs> 
Your story is like. <laughs> so, so continue along the, the line here with the O and being open to possibilities. You know, you acknowledge your pain um, as difficult and challenging as that can be. When we are open to possibilities, you know, what happens out of that place? I mean, what, you know, what transpires? So, you know, first thing, like you said, you want to be open to facing your pain, right? So it's acknowledging it, but then you got to do something about it, right? You can acknowledge it. Like I knew where my anger and rage was coming from. I didn't know exactly, was it what I was going through at home? Was it going, but I knew there was pain, right? So I acknowledged it, but what is it that I'm going to do about it, right? So I ended up denying it, right? I ended up denying it because I didn't want anyone else to know I was in pain, especially not those people that were causing it, right? And so I ended up trying to numb it for a long mm. period of time, right? And and that didn't work out so well, right? I mean, lucky to be alive right now. Let's just put it that way. But <laughs> but the O was really important because when you finally get to a place where you're ready to do something and you're willing to address your pain, what you realize is, first of all, you're not the only one. There are so many other people that are dealing pain, you know, and, and once you start addressing it, I know for me and a lot of people that I talk to about this topic, you're able to identify mm -hmm. your and, and relate to other people who have experienced that similar type of pain. You know, the situation, the experience might be different, but that pain that they're feeling from that exclusion, you're able to spot that, you know, and so that sort of helps a lot, but that only works if you're open, if you're open to addressing it, if you're open to empathizing with the other person, you stay curious to learning about other people's experiences, right? And when you start doing this, you're able to see the bigger picture. So you kind of come out of your own experience. And then over time, it's not something that happens overnight. It's it's a work in progress, right? Like, yeah. so I don't know if that truly answers your question. Oh, it does. And it also leads into the the W, which is willingness, because you touched on not only, you know, in, in and through this openness, <clears throat> there's a willingness to yes. see beyond yourself in a That's sense right. and begin to understand that other people are struggling. They have their own challenges, their own pain. And Thus, in that, there's an opportunity then for stronger connections yes. with people. It doesn't happen overnight, I'm sure. And uh, so thank you for that. You know, you came up with a quote, which I so adore, Sajel, and it's true personal power comes from within. This really comes from the energy piece, you know, deep within. Yes. How, you know, question a pinpointed question I have for you is how do we best work through change from within? Like, it's one thing to talk about it, like, all right, yes. energy, it's deep, it's deep seated, it's deep down, right? Yeah, the yes. spiritual place in which is in each one of us. But like, how do we best work through it? How do we navigate through in that vulnerable, deep place that sometimes it's even difficult for words to describe what we're going through or how we feel? Any yes. words of advice or wisdom there? And, and, and this, this is a beautiful thing. It's different for everybody, right? So for me, it was a lot of observing my thoughts, paying attention to the thoughts I was having. So if I was around a group of people and all of a sudden I'm feeling alone, picking up on that and then asking yourself, why? Why am I feeling this way? You know, like I'm in a room full of people here and yet I'm feeling alone. Instead of just ignoring those feelings or those thoughts that you're having, to really sit down and make time to reflect. We we don't really spend a lot of time 
reflecting. We we go so quickly. We're on one thing to the next. So after I get done with this call, I'm on another thing. And we don't really make that time to sit down and say, why am I feeling this way? And what can I do to change that? Right. And that's where that energy piece becomes really important because I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of people in my life as I was growing up. I had a lot of good times, right? But I didn't feel that sense of belonging. And it's nothing to say anything negative about those people that were in my life. It's just that I needed to give and receive a different kind of energy. I've always, and you and I talked about this during that first conversation, so that we're both givers. Yeah. We give our energy. But then that for me, I was always taking whatever kinds of energy I was getting and it wasn't uplifting me. It wasn't helping me grow. You know, it was almost the opposite. It, it made me feel like if I was like, describe it like a bird who had its wings clipped, right? Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't fully take go and continue my growth journey because the people that I was surrounding my, myself with, a lot of them were negative or they were, they were dealing with their own situations where they weren't in that growth mindset. And so as soon as I started to surround myself with people that were of a growth mindset, that were positive, that were uplifting, that were supportive, not only when things are bad, but also when things are good, everything started to change in mm -hmm. my life. And I, I started attracting more of those people like yourself, you know, you're incredible. Mm -hmm. And, and, and when that starts to happen, that's where you, I was doing my inner work as well, right? So yeah. you kind of need to do both at the same time, but having people around who support you to continue that journey, because it's hard. It's it hard is. to go through that. But when you see that, wait a second, not everybody is going to make me feel excluded. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's going to give me that sense of lack, that lack that I was feeling, yeah. right? And yeah. so the more you do that, then you, it's just like, I, I call it, it's like a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like, right? Yeah. You're like, all right, let me let all the other stuff go. Yeah. And then that's when you start letting it all go. And then over time, that pain that I had felt in my childhood or when I was growing up, I was able to let go of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're taking in fresh energy, fresh air, and you're able to exhale out some of that stuff that's tethering you. Mm. Okay. So the R is celebrate the real you. So yeah, what can you share about celebrating you like because focus on me i mean i i want to care for other people i you know because a lot of leaders a lot of leaders listening right now they are caring for so many other people mm -hmm. and they almost feel like if they put too much time and attention on themselves it's going to take it off of others yeah but they've heard from me sage i know you're complete agreement it's like you know at what sacrifice you know we've got to make sure that we're on point taking care of ourselves, having, I mean, if kids at a very young age need rest time, why can't adults at 40, 50, 60 year old, <laughs> 60 years old also have some rest time. And in that, um, taking the time that's necessary for you to celebrate you. So what could you leave behind for us and be as practical as you want to be as it relates to celebrating the real you? Yeah. I mean, this, this is the thing. Time is always going to keep moving. There are always going to be things for us to do. That to-do list never ends. That's right. So and if you are you on that to-do list, that's the point, right? Mm. And so whatever works for you, like I actually in my calendar put in me time, right? And that could be something as me. What I love to do is take long baths. I love putting the lavender balls in there, candles, and in my own bathroom, just sit there for an hour. You know, and just think about myself and celebrate myself. And 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 what I mean by that is also accepting, 
all the different parts of you, not feeling like you have to hide anything with you. And the more you do that with yourself, and that even means like looking in the mirror, right? And saying, I am proud of you right now. I am so proud of everything that you're doing. You know, like my son and I, we have these three little habits that we do, right? We wake up, we always say we're grateful. What are we grateful for? List three things, yeah. you know? And part of that is celebrating you. I'm grateful for my health. I'm mm -hmm. grateful that I'm able to wake up right now and get through my day when I have like 50 things on my plate, right? But but encouraging yourself and 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 as you continue, so the other one is also like, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, I am beautiful on the inside, just like I am on the out, whatever affirmations you want that make you feel good, right? And then at the end, and then I like to do this thing where I put my feet on the ground, you know, that helps ground me. So I, I'll put my feet down and say, today, I'm grounded. It's going to be a fantastic day. And I know I'm going to have an incredible conversation with Rob, right? So, but grounding myself to say, I've got this. I trust you. I believe in you and we're going to do this, right? So whatever the strat, there's so many different ways to celebrate the real you, but the most important thing is showing up mm -hmm. as the real you, as your authentic, whatever that looks like for you. Cause somebody asked me that question when I posted my TEDx talk, they're like, well, what is the real you? How do you know what the real you is? And I go, there is no answer, my friend, but if you figure that out, let me know. Cause <laughs> I don't know. I'm still working on it. Right. But it's whatever makes you feel good, you know, and whatever, where you could show up and not only just show up, but also talk about who you are in an authentic way to say, no matter whether you look at my podcast, whether you look at me when I'm having a conversation with a friend, you're going to see the same stage because this is who I am. It's much easier being me than putting on all these different masks and, and putting, you know, which I've gotten really good at doing. I've had to do that. So, you know, it's like when I read Brene Brown's book, you know, Braving Through yeah. Braving the Wilderness, I was like, oh my God, we are soul sisters. Like we have <laughs> seriously gone through very parallel experiences in our lives. Like her book really spoke to me, you know? And I was like, yes. And then as I talked to more and more people, it speaks to a lot of us because we've gone through these similar situations, right? This message of yours, you, Sajel, and your life journey that's led you up to this point in this time, in this moment, is relevant for everyone. I want to encourage everyone that's listening right now, you need to find that TEDx talk. And trust me, we're going to put it in the meeting notes. That's a given. So we'll have the link there for you. Is there a real quick place as we're kind of, as I like to say, Sajel, we're starting to land the plane. Yeah. You and I could talk for the next two, three hours and just even begin to scratch a bit more of a surface. But um, but I want to direct people. What's the easiest way to get in contact with you, the TEDx talk? Mm -hmm. What would you say? Yeah, so you can go to my, if you're on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. I'm always posting about these topics of belonging and, and a lot of different leadership type topics. Connect with me on LinkedIn. It's right there, right on my profile. You can click on there or you can go to my company's website, Train Extra, right? And, and it'll be on there as well. Sejo, I'm going to end how I began mm -hmm. and saying you are a tremendous gift mm -hmm. to everyone that has ever experienced you, come across you, uh, who's listening now and feeling a connectedness with you. And quite frankly, the entire world, even people have never met you before because your message is that powerful and it's that practical that it still goes out <laughs> upon the world. And, um, and I look forward in the subsequent days, months, and years of those greatly impacted and inspired by your message that's compelled them 
to treat themselves more kindly with more love. And in and out of that place, they're embracing the differences of those around them. Yes, thank being you quick so to much. serve, being quick to encourage, being quick to support those around them within their sphere of influence. So thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. And I look forward to us doing more together. I would love that. That sounds great. All right. For Sejo, I'm Rob Holman. Thank you for joining us on Inside Out Leadership today. So long. Huh?